producer John Carpenter of Halloween, The Thing, presents the third chilling installment in the shocking Halloween franchise. When a terrified toy salesman is mysteriously attacked and brought to the hospital, babbling and clutching this year's most popular Halloween costume, an eerie pumpkin mask, Dr. Daniel Chalice is thrust into a terrifying Halloween nightmare. Working with the salesman's daughter, Ellie, Daniel traces the mask to the Silver Shamrock's novelties company and its founder, Conal Cochran. Ellie and Daniel uncover Cochran's shocking Halloween plan and must stop him before trick-or-treaters across the country never come home in this terrifying thriller. I'm Corey. And I'm Paul. And we are the B-Movie Bros. Here if you B-Movies to the best of our ability. Sometimes we get off topic, but randomness is a gift. This week, as we uh, close out our cult classics month of this year, worst of the series edition as voted by you, our listeners and viewers on Twitter. Um, as of the time of watching this film, the uh, the winner was Halloween 3, Season of the Witch. Yeah, I was kind of expecting Resurrection to win, um, but yeah, yeah, people have spoken, right? So you heard what the back of the DVD box had to say. Let's dive right into the shit with our technical difficulties, top and bottom three of Halloween 3, Season of the Witch from 1982. Let's, uh, let's start with the bad. And there is a lot of bad for this one. But uh, we'll keep it pretty simple. Number three, there is no nudity in this film. And for a film in the Halloween franchise, that's pretty disappointing to me. I'm not sure about most of the films in it. The only one I can remember very, very well is the original, and I know there's nudity there. There's not a lot throughout this series, but this one had an extreme lack of, you know, good stuff. Number two, the kills in this movie are pretty lame and tame in comparison to, you know, a lot of kills in a lot of movies. You know, they were on screen, but they just, they lacked some sort of pizzazz. In blood. Number one, how the fuck do the bugs and shit occur and come out of the dead bodies of the people whenever the masks are activated? It's something that's never explained and it really irks me. And it's like something I just, I find it fascinating. Like, how the fuck did that happen? Please, please tell me. It's like the biggest loophole in this movie. And believe me, there are a lot, a lot of plot holes and loopholes throughout this thing. But that's the one that I find biggest and worst. It's something magical and scientific, Corey. Something, something scientific and magical. You're not supposed to question it. All right, my bottom three. It's kind of like Corey's. We see Tom Atkins' ass at one point, but no boobs throughout the entire film. That was just like a huge fuck you from Tom, John Carpenter. Not cool, man. Number two, the deaths were all pretty tame. Like Corey said, there was little blood or gore and... Most of it consisted of people getting strangled to death in the most unenthusiastic way. Yeah, the most gore really came from uh, one of the robots that got killed whenever Tomcat Atkins like punches it in the gut and then pulls out all this like yellow goopy liquid stuff. Yeah, so you'd see robot get robot blood or guts, but not really human robot blood. It was kind of weird. And number one, this movie's really drawn out and boring. Every Very little actually happens throughout the course of the film, and when it does finally pick up, the villains are just kind of standing there all menacingly, and then they do that whole, like, cliche, like, telling you what the, what the plot is, and, you know, the hero ends up escaping and, and destroying the facility, but 
there really wasn't anything going on throughout most of it and made it really hard to pay attention to overall. It's one of those movies, though, it, it is kind of fun just to put on and have in the background and just, like, everyone's going to be like, hey, look, that's happening on screen, but just, like, engage in a conversation otherwise. Yeah, it's not a movie you really want to, like, sit down and pay a lot, of a lot of attention to. Now, speaking of good things, let's talk about the top three. I have to say, uh, for number three, for me, this movie does something completely different than the other Halloween films. And even if it doesn't succeed as a good film in its own right, it is good to see when, you know, they try something different with a series, even if it's not, you know, the best idea. Number two, the commercial, the Silver Shamrock commercial. I just, I love that Halloween jingle. It's like what I, I feel like every TV commercial should be like during Halloween. Like at Christmas time, you see all the Christmas commercials everywhere and on the radio and all that shit. We should have that for Halloween, and the Silver Shamrock commercial should be part of that every year. Most definitely. Number one, in the end, the villain seemingly wins. I mean, it is a kind of open-ended ending, but it leads you to believe that, spoiler alert, all the children die, which is actually pretty badass on the villain's part. It's something you don't see very often, and one of those kind of sl unwritten slasher rules that, like, we don't kill kids or whatever. And, nope, not in this one. We kill the kids. We kill all the kids. No one is safe, especially children. And why? Because it's the best joke ever, apparently. Walls. This whole movie is just, we were, it was just a prank, bro. Taken to, like, epic proportions. Oh, my God. Th that's it. You figured it out, Paul. You know, the real villain wasn't Connell Cochran. The real villain was John Carpenter. It, it was him personified. He just wanted to play a joke on everyone. Hey, guys, guess what? This wasn't a Halloween movie like all the others. <laughs> I got you. We got you, man. You've been trolled. All right, so this movie did have some originality to it. I mean... An ancient bloody ritual being implemented by a cultist Halloween mask corporation by selling kids killer Halloween masks is definitely unique. I've never seen anything quite like that before. Kind of reminded me of the blob a bit, but, you know, only with Halloween masks. Number two, Halloween 3, like Corey said, broke one of horror's biggest taboos, which is killing children. Normally, when, they, when film, horror films do kill children, they come back as zombies or ghosts or demons or some shit like that. But this one just flat out murders them on, and on screen, too. I was kind of impressed, especially considering this was made in 1982. And number one, of course, the jingle that plays during the commercials in the film are just really catchy. They like it's stuck in your head, and you'll think about it every Halloween. It's probably this movie's biggest legacy. Well, since you mentioned that uh, that nice jingle and I love it so much, I think we should have our good old-fashioned quote war. Quote war. And a whole special edition devoted to the Silver Shamrock commercial. I'll get us started. Eight more days till Halloween, Halloween, Halloween. Eight more days till Halloween, Silver Shamrock. Five more days till Halloween, Halloween, Halloween. Five more days till Halloween, Silver Shamrock. 
Happy, happy Halloween, Halloween, Halloween. Happy, happy Halloween, Silver Shamrock. That ends this episode's edition of Quote Wars. We don't give a fuck what you think about it because we love that jingle. But if you want to express your opinion anyway, you can leave it in the comments below or on our fucking Facebook page or, you know, whatever you want. Those social media things. So I think it's time we give this film our final take. Remember, friends, our final take is a score on our shot scale. Our shot scale is a reverse scale. One to ten, one being the best, ten being the worst. How many shots do you need to get through this film? I gave it a five out of ten. I gave it a six out of ten. So, in all honesty, I really didn't pay that much attention while we were watching this. I was too busy talking about One Punch Man because I just finished watching that earlier this week. It was fucking awesome. Yeah, One Punch Man is fucking amazing. But, I mean, you know, what I do remember about this film from the, you know, many times I've actually seen it, which is sad to say, is that uh, there are some robots and some doctor decides to investigate this Halloween mask company just so he can get laid by some chick. There's, you know, also TV commercials, men in white coats, and a bitchy ex-wife. The story isn't really that engaging, but it's not the worst film out there about Halloween or in the Halloween series, in my opinion. But it actually does address one of the true terrors of Halloween, and that is... Having Halloween. sex with, um, with um, Atkins, with Tom Atkins? Maybe. But I'm talking about the latex masks. Uh, and not like those people that are allergic to them, but have you ever worn a latex mask? Oh my god, the smell. Like, it's, it's, the, the smell itself is deadly, and those are the kind of fil- masks they use in this film. I know. They take a tour of the factory, and he tells them they're latex masks. And you know, I'd be more frightened of the smell of wearing latex mask all night for trick-or-treating, as opposed to it melting to my face due to some ancient witchcraft festival. But hey, that's just me. And uh, that's why I gave it a 5 out of 10. Yeah, I still say the scariest part was Tom Atkins' ass. But anyways, Halloween 3 season of The Witch is the black sheep of the series. It's the only one not to have Michael Myers in it, so it's highly contested whether or not it's a- it actually counts as part of the franchise. The Halloween series was supposed to be a series of short stories unconnected to each other, but focusing around strange occurrences that take place around and on Halloween. This doesn't mean the film was bad, however, the film was nonetheless bad. It's extremely slow-paced, the acting was subpar at best, and most of it just consisted of the protagonist sneaking around while the villain stood around looking all menacing and, like, evil and whatnot. Also, there were robots, for some reason. I'll credit this movie with having some unique, with somewhat of a unique plot, a Halloween mask company um, um, creates killer masks in order to fulfill an ancient Halloween ritual. That's kind of cool. Plus, they kill children on screen, which is, like I said before, one of horror's taboos, kind of like killing animals. Unfortunately, an interesting idea for a movie doesn't necessarily translate to a good movie in and of itself. If you can't figure out a way to progress the plot in an interesting way or tie things together. So this movie essentially killed any chances of future Halloween films that wouldn't have Michael Myers in them. And so for the next, oh well, up till today, we got a bunch of movies with Michael Myers killing people and coming back for no real reason. And until the franchise eventually murdered itself. So there you have it. That's why a 5 out of 10 from me and a 6 out of 10 from Paul. 
Now, we know not everyone likes to watch the same kind of shit that we do, so we like to give every B-movie we review an A-movie companion and tell you why that this B-movie and A-movie are of the same variety, the same movie, actually, just of different caliber and quality. Now, seeing as how uh, Halloween 3 is part of the overall Halloween franchise, I decided to go and give uh, my Ava movie companion to a plethora of James Bond films. You know, any of those made before Daniel Craig took the mantle. Wait, like just James Bond in general? Yeah, they're all just kind of like one continuous film arc. I'm pretty sure we made that a rule that we can't do that, but I fuck it, just go with it. So, I have to say that the James Bond films and Halloween 3 are the same thing because they're about somebody investigating an organization who has a sinister purpose. In, you know, Halloween 3 and James Bond films, the main character sleeps with a girl who is clearly out of his league. In both, you know, films, there's an overly villainous villain who is a villain just for villainy's sake. The villain's plot is overly elaborate, and he explains it to the main character because fuck all. The main character is captured, but easily escapes certain doom because, you know, the villain is an idiot. The main character's love interest dies and or is replaced by a robot. And, of course, as I've already explained, both are hugely successful movie franchises, Halloween and James Bond, which have spanned decades and many, many films. All right, here are the rules for a movie companion. No video games, no porns, and no entire series. These are the rules that we're going to stick to for now on. Because otherwise, we just get huge cop-outs. Oh, I'm glad you didn't say anything about ballet interpretations. We'll we'll cross that bridge when we get to it. You mean dance across it? Lol. So... I picked Blade Runner from 1982 because both movies have robots or replicants in case of uh, Blade Runner that are virtually identical to humans. Both movies have robots killing people, either for some ancient Celtic ritual like in Halloween 3 or to preserve themselves from being retired, a.k.a. murdered by the Blade Runners. At the end of both films, you're not really sure if one of the characters was a robot the entire time. Halloween 3 never specifies whether or not Ellie was a robot the entire time, or if she was replaced at some point. Though, it's kind of hinted a little bit of both. She does kind of disappear at one point. Also, but then again, she does have sex with Tom Atkins, so, I mean, she might have been a robot to have to do that. And at the end of Blade Runner, it's highly hinted that Deckard may actually have been a replicant all along. Also, both movies came out in 1982, so there's that. So there you have it. Check out either a James Bond film or Blade Runner to see an A-movie version of Halloween 3. Or One Punch Man, just because it's awesome. Well, and Tom Atkins does kill one of the robots with one punch. That it, is true. It, it is highly plausible. But that's, that's a TV series. Doesn't count. Make an exception <laughs> once for One Punch Man. So I think it's time for us to tell you how to drink away the flick. Drink away the flick. Come on and grab your drink. Let's drink away the flick. Bum, 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 bum. We'll give you some drinking games for uh, Halloween 3 Season of the Witch. But remember, friends, drink responsibly. Number one, every time the original Halloween is seen on a TV during the movie, take a drink. Number two, every time someone puts on a mask, take a drink. Number three, every time Dr. Chalice uses a telephone, take a drink. Number four, anytime a rope bot is defeated, 
take a drink. And number five, of course, because it's cult classic, worst of the series edition month. Anytime you feel like you should be watching a better movie from this film series, take a drink. Every time the villains stand around all menacingly, take a drink. Every time a robot bleeds weird goo, take a drink. Every time Dr. Chalice and Ellie have sex, take a drink. And every time the Silver Samrock theme song plays, take a drink. And those are your ways to drink away this flick. If you have any thoughts about this movie or anything else B-Movie related, you can leave a comment on either iTunes or SoundCloud. You can also email us at bmoviebros at gmail.com. You can like us on Facebook at facebook.com dash bmoviebros. Follow us on Twitter at bmoviebros or my personal Twitter handle at bmoviepaul. You can check out all our other content, including reviews, interviews, and chats on our website, bmoviebros.com, where we have new shows each week. If you like and want to support the show, consider donating to our PayPal or Patreon accounts. Links, prov- links provided below. So as we've come to the end of Cult Classic Month, Worst of the Series Edition, let's rank the movies we've seen. Um, for me at number four, um, I have this movie called Diary of the Dead on here. Um, do, you, do you remember that one? I'd like not to. Um, it's from 2007. Um, I ranked it at number four. Uh, number three, Halloween 3, Season of the Witch. Um, it was a decent movie. It really wasn't all that bad. But as far as a Halloween movie, and I'm not just talking about the franchise of it, it really isn't of the caliber of a movie that should have been rated R, and it just it, it's filled with disappointment, really. Number two, Freddy's Dead, The Final Nightmare. Freddy's a dick, much like the, uh, the villain from Halloween 3, but Freddy has a reason for being a dick. He was burned alive, you know, for murdering children and stuff, but hey, whatever. Number one, Friday the 13th, part eight, Jason takes Manhattan. This may be the only time it gets to the top of a list. And, you know, for good reason. It's got Julius, who may be the best character in the whole series of Friday the 13th. It's got some cool deaths. It's got Jason standing in Times Square. It's got some good stuff. Is it a great movie? No. But you know what? It's the best of the worst of the cult classics that make Halloween great. Indeed. Yeah, my list was similar. For number four, Diary of the Dead. I just hate that movie. I I don't even know if it's rational, but I just have an unbelievable hatred for Diary of the Dead. Just thinking about that movie just infuriates me. Number three, Halloween Season of the Witch. I've actually defended this movie for years because, like, I think I fell asleep through most of it and wasn't really paying attention to it. And most of the criticism it got was it doesn't have Michael Myers, which I knew is because that wasn't the point of it. But it legitimately is a bad movie. So, yeah, I'm I'm not going to defend it any longer. Number two, Freddy's Dead. This is by far the tamest of all of the um, Nightmare on Elm Street films. And... It just didn't work, in my opinion. And number one, Jason takes Manhattan. I mean, hell, Jason boxing some dude and punching his head off, walking around Manhattan, fighting thugs, you know, taking a bite out of crime. I, you know, it could definitely be worse. Yeah. So since we, since this was the worst of the month, um, worst in the series month, do you, what would you say was your favorite in these series, if from what you've seen? 
um, from George Romero's Walking Dead series, my favorite is the uh, Dawn of the Dead, the extended cut from from you know the original Dawn of the Dead movie, of course, not the remake. Um, from the Halloween series, um, I really like Halloween two, mainly because J um, not Jason Michael Myers literally walks through a glass security door at the hospital. And it's just, it's just fucking amazing to watch that scene itself. Like he just, he just walks like his, his slow and steady pace and the glass just shatters as he makes impact with it. Um, Nightmare on Elm Street. I've only ever seen the original movie and the final nightmare. And I'm going to have to go with the original film and, um, Friday the 13th. I'm in the same situation. I've seen the original film with Mama Voorhees and I've seen part eight and I'm going to have to give it to the original film, mostly because Kevin Bacon gets an arrow through the neck. Definitely good. Yeah, I'd say for George Romero's Dead series, Dawn of the Dead, which is arguably the best zombie film ever made. For the Halloween series, I'm actually, it's really difficult because it's definitely between one and two. Together, they're a perfect series, but... Well, that's because they were supposed to be one film. Oh, yeah. They are supposed to complete the Michael Myers um, story, but I'm actually going to go at number one on that one just because I think it was the most... He came off as the most menacing. He was just like... Michael Myers is different from a lot of killers because he doesn't get any enjoyment out of it. He's not killing for to punish people. He's He's just a force of nature. He just kills because it's what he does, and I just think that's really interesting. It's really menacing, and that just makes his character kind of gets ruined. Like in later films, um, Curse of Michael Myers and um, the um, Rob Zombie films, which didn't really understand that at all. But I, I always saw that was a really cool idea with him for the for, for the. Um, Nightmare on Elm Street series. I'm going with the original on that one. I think that is by far the best one. May not have had the best best deaths, but it's the most memorable one. And it's overall the most enjoyable. And for the Friday the 13th series, I'm going to go with number four. Because fucking Corey Feldman actually kills Jason Voorhees. That's pretty damn awesome. Also, we see the smartest character in any horror film, which is the dog. The, who's the only one who had the intelligence to jump out of the fucking window. Yeah, and I mean, I wouldn't expect anything less from one of the Frog Brothers from the Lost Boys than, than to actually kill Jason Voorhees. Oh, yeah. I mean, when they recast him in later films, they'd bring him back. But, I mean, if it had, if it had still been Corey Feldman, he would have taken care of it. So as we, as, as we leave this month of cult classics behind us, you know, Paul and I are a little trained, so we're, we're going to head into the woods for a little retreat. And, you know, who, who knows? Maybe we'll find Bigfoot or something. Hey, maybe we can have a Bigfoot month for November. That is the perfect idea. And you know what? I have just the movie in mind to start us off. Oh, really? What would that be? Bigfoot versus D.B. Cooper. No. Yes. No. So, until next time, friends, be brave, be alive, and be back for more. No. Happy Happy Halloween, 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 Happy Happy Halloween to worship God. Happy Happy Halloween, 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 Happy Happy Halloween to worship God.
almost time, kids. The clock is ticking. Be in front of your TV sets for the horathon, and remember the big giveaway at nine. Don't miss it, and don't forget to wear your masks. The clock is ticking. It's almost time. Happy Halloween, Halloween, Halloween.